You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. Hey, you know it's scary when uh, someone says, hang in there, and you haven't started yet. <laughs> so best of luck, Red. <laughs> in any case, good morning, church. How are we doing? It's good to see everybody. Tell me you're happy to be in this building, yes? I know it's week two, but it still feels like week one. Just a little bit. No uh, sunscreen on top of my head and AC. Amen. Amen. A um, couple things before we get into the lesson today, uh, one of which, uh, calling all singles, calling all singles. If you're single in the room, please uh, make some noise or raise your hand or something. Yeah. That's a lot better. That's a lot better than last time when I uh, asked that question. So we're getting there. Um, 1 p.m., 1 p.m., Casa de Butler, food, fellowship, and fun. Mediterranean food, it's not going to be the pescatarian diet. We're not going to subject you to our you know, cardboard and ketchup. So please come on by. It's going to be good. Um, that being said, we have a title for today. Dare to Dream. Dare to Dream. I think this is uh, pretty fitting for many reasons. But um, just to qualify it, we're not talking about this type of dreaming. Okay. I, I believe this was, uh, was this Oscar Mia, I think, in high school? Right? That's when you had the hair? Biology or chemistry? Which one? <laughs> so we're not talking about that dreaming. We're talking about this one, right? Condition or achievement that is longed for, an aspiration, a wild fancy, or unrealistic hope. Something that, you know, it's, it's in there. It's in our heart. It's when I wish upon a star. At the same time, you know, it's something that we want to put action towards as well. If I was honest, I would say um, for myself, I tend to be more of like the cynic. You know, I can look at a situation and then I'm like, oh, here's all the 10 reasons why it's not going to work out. Luckily, by the grace of God, I married someone, my beautiful Caribbean queen, Martini. Um, I, have to, I have to make that plug every sermon, just so you're aware. Keep, keep that good favor, right? Happy wife, happy life. <laughs> one day at a time. Um, she's very much the dreamer. She's the one where I'm like, I'm, she's like you know what? God's going to bless our finances and we're gonna, we're gonna win the lotto, and you know, I can feel it, all the birthdays are lined up, and I'm like, babe, you know, do you know, do you understand the statistical probability of having, you know, that possible victory? You know, like kind of, that's where our mindset goes. In any case, God has called us all to dream. A couple uh, quotes, if you will, to get us in the mood thinking about this. It's a little hazy, but it says, your future belongs to those who believe, the future belongs to those who believe in the, in the beauty of their dreams. And this is uh, Eleanor Roosevelt. If you don't know who she is, see me after uh, the sermon. I used to teach U.S. history once upon a time. It says, your dreams don't scare you. They are too small. That's Richard Branson of Virgin Atlantic fame. Another one. A goal is a dream with a deadline. Napoleon Hill. It's good to have dreams, right? It's good to have substance behind it as well. Last one. This is uh, C.S. Lewis, you know, Christian, everything, <laughs> writer, thinker. You are never too old to set another dream, set another goal, I should say, or to dream a new dream. You're never too old to set another goal 
or to dream a new dream. Point number one, God is a dreamer. So be a dreamer. Let's read Ephesians 1. It says this. We're going to pick up in verse 4. For he chose us, God choosing us in him, being Jesus, before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, through the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will in accordance with his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ. To be put in effect when the times reach their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and in earth under Christ. We see here in Ephesians 1, God has a, a dream. Like I almost imagine this in, in, in verse 4. It says that he chose us before the creation of the world. I, I picture like Father, Son, and Holy Spirit having this powwow, if you will. And like, okay, game plan, Jesus. And I'm a coach, you know, once upon a time, so this is always in my mind. Have a pre-game huddle. And okay, so man's gonna, I'm, creating, I'm creating man. Man's going to deviate from my plan. They're going to need some type of redemption. You come in. This is your role. Holy Spirit, once the church establishes, this is what you're doing. And then eventually, at some point in time, all things are going to be brought back under Christ. Judgment, salvation, heaven, the whole nine. It's important to know that we serve a God that had a dream in his heart to be with us for all of eternity. That he's a dreamer. Why is that key? Because your dreams are supported by the foundation of God's initial dream. What does that mean? A lot of times when we dream, there, there's a lot of trepidation and fear that's associated with it, yes? yes. I mean, you think about the, the time you're about to spend or whether it's money, um, just all the, the fear of failure that comes, comes with it, you know? So a lot of times our dreams kind of look something like this. It can feel like that, right? I'm going to step on this tightrope. It's like a 250-foot chasm, other side's a cliff. There's no safety net. There's no support whatsoever. Oh, my gosh, what's going to happen if it doesn't work out? The world is over. We can feel like that, yes? But our foundation is God's initial dream. So you're not dreaming in a vacuum. You're not dreaming in a bubble. You're dreaming with God saying, you know what? I got you. Why? Because the war has already been won. I predestined you, I've called you, I love you, I'm going to purify you and sanctify you. All the heavy lifting has already been addressed. Amen. You're good. If you're obedient, you're good. Your soul's saved. Can we get an hallelujah and amen for that? Amen. So when you dream, it shouldn't feel like this. Maybe initially, that's okay, amen. But eventually we should get to the point where it feels a lot more like that. Minus the shades. If you have those shades, leave those at home. Yeah. <laughs> My kid wears those. Amen. <laughs> I don't want to hate on people's shades. I'm sorry. Um, it's only six inches to a foot off the ground. You fall down, it's grass. It's not this, oh my gosh, one step in front of the other, otherwise it's to my pending doom. Actually, I got some support up top. Truth be told, I think this is more like grace. 
it'd probably be like an entire en en encapsulated section where you just kind of walk through with still support. Like, you know what I mean? That doesn't even think, I don't think that even does it justice. But it's to know that when you dream, everything that we do is under this, it's above this foundation that God's already provided. Yeah. Point number two, size of our dreams should reflect the size of our God. Mm. Continue on, make sure I get this right. A couple scriptures. Um, in Psalm 147, Isaiah 40, 14 and 15, Isaiah 66, 1, they all denote this fact about the, really the size and magnitude and power of God. And for some of these, for some, you know, for you, if you've been in church for a while, probably not the first time you've heard it. Um, if it is, amen, let's go through it together. Psalm 147, verses 4 and 5, he determines the number of stars and calls them each by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power, his understanding has no limit. Isaiah 40, 14 and 15, whom did the Lord consult to enlighten him, and who taught him the right way? Who was it that taught him knowledge or showed him the path of understanding? Surely the nations are like a drop in a bucket. They are regarded as dust on the scales. He weighs the islands as though they were fine dust. Imagine gra uh, grabbing all the fine islands and just going, Whew. Isaiah 66, 1. This is what the Lord says. Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Where is the house you will build for me? Where will my resting place be? I had a little picture. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Ottomans. We don't have one in our house yet, but... You know, imagine putting your, your feet and just kind of laying up on top of uh, the Arctic Circle and, uh, you know, north of, uh, northern part of Asia and just relaxing. This is the God that we serve in terms of magnitude. So what does that do for you? Hopefully, if we combine the size of magnitude God with, with our faith and our prayers and our belief in him, we can have some accomplishments like this. This is not a, uh, an exhaustive Old Testament list, but it, it's some different figures that you'll see. And it started at different places, Right? Um, you know, Joseph had this dream right from the get-go. God put this dream on his heart, and he's like, wow, I'm going to be over all my brothers. And, you know, second, in, he didn't know that as far as second command in Egypt yet. But right from the beginning, you would call Joseph a dreamer. Um, Nehemiah, he heard this report about the wall in Jerusalem that needed to be rebuilt. And he immediately went to God in prayer, and he, kinda, he felt, you know, motivated rather quickly to do something. Uh, Gideon, not so much. Gideon was hiding his food because the Midianites were uh, oppressing the Israelites and essentially taking everything from them. And then God call, comes and calls him, and he says, but, you know, I'm the weakest in my family. Like, my tribe's the weakest, and then I'm the weakest. Like, I'm, I'm the proverbial run of the litter, and you want me to do what? And then he slowly embraced it. It's seemingly an inauspicious start, but God put this dream on his heart, and he slowly but surely pursued it. You see men and women, Esther, became queen of Persia, saved her people from ethnic cleansing. You know, there's so many examples of individuals in the Bible who God put something on their heart and they did it. Now, here's the challenge. When you look at kind of this type of, you know, litany or laundry list, we can somewhat disassociate ourselves from it. Because, right, you're like, well, that's the holy men and women of the past. These are moments in time where God worked, and it doesn't necessarily pertain to me in my situation right now. And there's certain scriptures that, that I think counter that, one of which is James 5.17. If you know this scripture, it talks about Elijah, right? And Elijah is someone that seemingly is bigger than life. He goes to battle against, uh, you know, false prophets. It's him by himself and these 400 plus prophets of, of Baal. And the God that answers by fire wins. And surely the Lord answers and Elijah wins. How did Elijah die? 
Trick question, he didn't. Elijah was carried up by, yes, a chariot of fire. So when you think about Elijah's life, you're like, gosh, man, I can't be like that. They're just, these people in the past are just so holy, you know? James 5 says that Elijah was a man. James 5, 17 to be exact. He was a human being. So what does that do for our faith? That means he was just like us. We have to stop disassociating these examples from our current life. God is putting something on our hearts, and we say, eh, well, I don't know. Is God as big as the scriptures say? What is the purpose of these examples? And if not to inspire, to motivate, to encourage, for God to put something on our hearts, and we say, you know what? Yes! Let's go for it. Why? Because our God is big. He's huge. Conceptually, we understand it. Practically in our faith, do we believe it? If I was to take a gander at your prayer life, if someone, if you're a kid, I have kids, my kids look at my prayer life, what do they see? Do they see dad dreaming for the church, dreaming for his life, dreaming for them, striving for these dreams? And I fully appreciate, and this is point number three, God never stops dreaming for us even though it hurts. We understand that dreams are going to be painful, right? Many of us are living in the wake of shattered dreams. Many of us have gone through difficult circumstances, whether it was a childhood, whether it was, you know, a parental unit or leader that failed us. Um, I think about all the business owners the past 16 months that started, you know, a brick-and-mortar type establishment, and then lockdown occurs, and I'm not trying to get political, but they're just watching their dreams, you know, be crumbled and deferred or whatever the case may be. You think about people that have health challenges. All these different situations, you know, financial, job, you can feel, you know, I remember being working for this city and people feel like they're in a... a a prison with their pension where they didn't they wanted to leave and pursue their dreams but they were so afraid of doing that because they had this financial security blanket waiting for them at the end of the road all these different situations that call us or really put us in a position we want to quit i love about god is that he's willing to see his dream through the end you know it's not just like when we talk about the size of god we can think he's so big and strong and powerful but it says in scriptures that he makes himself vulnerable to us so think about that. He has a dream. In Psalm 78, Ezekiel 6, 9, Isaiah 63, 10, they mention this idea of God grieving. It says in 78, 40 and 41, how often they rebelled against him in the wilderness and grieved him in the wasteland. Again and again, they put God to the test. This is a reference to the Israelites, right? They vexed the Holy One of Israel. Ezekiel 6, 9, then in the nations where they had been carried captive, this is during the diaspora, they didn't follow God, so they got sent out. Those who escape will remember me, have been grieved by their adulterous hearts, which have turned away from me, and by their eyes, which have lusted after their idols. They will loathe themselves for the evil they have done and for all their testable practices. Isaiah 63, 10. Yet they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit, so he turned and became their enemy, and he himself fought against them. This is an important thing to note. Dreaming is a full-contact sport. Don't be surprised by knockdowns. If God has this dream before the creation of the world to predestine us and call us and sanctify us and be with him for all of eternity, and he's willing to take hits. Because when you truly dream, you put your heart out there, right? That's one of the most terrifying things about dreams is because I'm going to get hurt. I might get disappointed. And God's saying, yes. 
We have to accept that as a reality of being idealistic. Does it prevent us from being idealistic, though? Shouldn't. It's a full contact sport. Caleb's a great example of, of someone that held on to his, his dream, so to speak. You know, in Joshua 14, it talks about this story, and he was, you know, a spy, one of 12, actually, of Israel. They had to go check out the promised land. Hey, go, go see, come back, give us a report. Ten of those 12 gave this report that tried to melt the hearts of their fellow Israelites. The people are too big. We're going to go fight them. We're all going to die. Caleb didn't do that. He gave a report based on his convictions. And we'll pick it up. I think we'll look in a verse. Let's go verse 10. Because of his response, Moses promised him a portion of the land. He says, where, you, where your feet step, I'm going to give you that land. It says in verse 10, Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said to Moses, while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old. I'm still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out into battle now as I was then. And get this, did he forget about his dream? Was it like, oh yeah, I remember Moses mentioned this. No, verse 12, now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me on this day. You yourself heard then that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. And it says, and Joshua blessed them. Caleb was waiting for his answered promise, dream, if you will, for 45 years. And it wasn't like he forgot. And the fact he was actually excited about it, and then he understood that there was more work to be done. I still have to go defeat these Anakites in these fortified cities. Bring it. It's crazy to think because he went through something like this. Ideally, you'd like that to be a straight line from Egypt to the yeah. promised land, right? <laughs> Clearly wasn't. Um, what did they go through in the, during their time in the desert? Plagues, earthquake that enveloped people, snakes, food shortages, water shortages, uh, rebellions. Caleb held his faith for that 45 years. Here's a video I want you guys to look at. It's about kids and their dreams and how, really, one example can inspire many. To have a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. To be a teacher, a superhero, and a daddy. I hope to open, like, a nature reserve. Sometimes it feels like it's impossible to do it. I don't think I can do it. Ah, uh, no. It's impossible. Do you think it's possible to jump five feet high? Uh, no. I can't get that high. I'm only three at all. It would have to be a giant. Do you think it's possible to make a pizza over a mile long? I think no. Yes. Oh, wait. I don't think so. I don't think that the people can uh, eat it that big. No. Do you think it's possible to hold your breath for 11 minutes? I don't think I could do it. No. No. Do you think it's possible to limbo under a bar set at only 8.5 inches off the ground? Like the limbo? No. No. Like this tall? No. This is tiny.
Now that you've seen what is possible, do you still think that your dreams are impossible? The things that I that are hard for me in this age, I think I can do them. I think I can do anything. You could just keep trying. I think that I can do everything now. I feel like Superwoman. If you can do this, you can do anything. Pretty cute, right? <laughs> I have a couple practicals for you guys. Um, before we get into those, though, a couple things. Remember that your dream, that its foundation, it's protected, it's covered, it's built upon the dreams of God. And that dream is salvation. The hard work has already been done. So when you dream, remember the one that holds you up. Number two, God is big. Our dreams should reflect his magnitude, his power, his divine nature. Whatever that dream is for you, it could be career-wise, it could be for your small group, it could be for your family, it could be for our church, it could be for our entire movement. But dreaming is essential. It's something that should be part of every single disciple of Jesus Christ's life. It's not optional. I know some of us can be the cynic. I can be the cynic, 100%. But our God's a dreamer. Lastly, remember that your dreams, yes, they will take all that you have. You will put your heart out there. You will get hurt. But remember God's example. That he gave and he continues to give all that he has. And he will not stop until he sees it to fruition. Some practicals. If you notice... Four of these are about prayer. <laughs> it says, pray specifically for changes you want to see in your personal life. Pray specifically for changes you want to see in your ministry. Pray for one prayer daily that seems impossible. Pray for one prayer daily that scares you. And then after you bathe all your dreams in prayer, take action daily that reflects your belief in those prayers. For South Bay, I'm hoping and praying that you are dreaming for our fellowship here. Amen? Coming out of all that we've been through the past 16 plus months, we can kind of get siloed, right? And our dreams can become very singular and about ourselves. God is calling us out and saying, once again, dream for me. Maybe there's something that you put on the shelf a long time ago and you got to dust it out and bring it out. Maybe you have to reimagine and re kind of reassess where am I at in life now? What can my dreams be now that I'm an empty nester? What can my dreams be now that retirement's on the horizon? What are my dreams now that our kids are off in college? Teens, hopefully you guys are dreaming, yes? This part's for you. It's going to be challenging, right? The world's going to try to do its best to push you down, but you have a God that is huge. You have a God that is all-powerful, and you have a God that will lift you up no matter how difficult it seems. Don't let this world tell you what you can and can't do. Let God dictate that. That being said, guys, as we shift gears into communion,
It says in that opening scripture in Ephesians 1, the notion that God chose us, that he predestined us through Jesus, says that he gives us a grace, his free grace, glorious grace, the one he loves. God had a dream for us. Jesus executed that dream. Because of that dream, we have redemption. We have the forgiveness of sins. We get to spend an entire eternity with God. I can't wait to see God's face. I want to know what God looks like. I want to see all the heavenly hosts and all the angels. I want to see all of us together celebrating in his glory. Let's pray for communion. Father God, we thank you so much. The way that you love us, God, the way that you call us to dream, you put vision in our heart, you give us passions, you pave the way, you show us how to do all these things because you've done it first. Whether it's taking care of all of our needs, starting first with salvation, protecting us, blessing us, giving us your son. We thank you, God, that you are the first dreamer. Irrespective of where anyone's at this morning, God, help us draw close to you. Help us to believe in the power that you have and the God that you are. We pray, God, for different situations. We pray, God, for Norman Ovid, Karina Wingy's uncle who passed recently. We pray for Mary Carroll, Kathy Blanco's mom, who's a disciple of Jesus, for her peaceful passing as she's surrounded by loved ones and reunited in heaven. Pray for continued health issues for Jill, Jill and Mia Steberg. Pray, God, for all the needs of which we're not aware. Work powerfully, God, to help us to believe in you and working a, a miracle. Working, God, to help us to grab hold of the dreams that you have for us, Lord. Thank you for this time. Pray this all in your son's name. Thanks for listening to the South Bay Church Podcast. For other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us.